and love. Thank uh, you, paper boy. Of course, my boy. food would be here. I might ask you to. Is it downstairs? Yeah, I might ask you to grab it when it gets here. Um, it's not it's, it's not here yet, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> paper, yeah. It's our time. One love. Welcome to the Paperboy Prince podcast. Much love to all of y'all. Yo, hey, big things happening. I hope y'all are loving life, enjoying life, staying happy. It's our time. Listen, happy Sunday. Hey, that gorgeous joint. Chilling in my fortress, gorgeous Prince George's. Listen, new music coming soon. Actually, you know what? You saw the bus on the street. Yeah, the bus has been getting around lately. We got a special podcast for y'all today. Um, And speaking of the music, I kind of want to give y'all some new music previews at the top of the podcast because you know what? Ah, ah, yeah, let's do it. Hey, can I get the money stack? Wow. I'm trying to spread love, but they want me to thug. I'm trying to spread love, but they want me to thug. I'm trying to spread love, but they want me to thug. He ain't no kissy, just in a hug. Anyway, I give up, I get a plug. They won't give it no love. I'm trying to spread love, they won't give it no love. Spacious house, sailboat. I take it out. Give me one chance, I'ma make it. I was in the hood, I would make it out. Look, uh, you know what they say? I try to spread love, but they want me to thug. I try to spread love, but they want me to thug. I try to spread love, but they want me to thug. I try to spread love, but they want me to thug. He ain't no gangster, he just need a hug. Paperboy, I spread love to the. paper, yeah. Okay, we're here. Listen, I have a special guest with me today. Um, we're going to get more into that. So I have a special guest with me today. And at the top of the podcast, I want to say, uh, I hope y'all are doing well. This is going to be a fun kind of recap podcast. Also inspirational. Also maybe a little conspiracy in there. <clears throat> now, things that we have coming up, make sure you check into the paperboyprints.com love gallery. We have some dope events coming soon, some shows, new fashion coming. So please Tap in. Yes, that's the Brother Johnson behind me, uh, if you're watching. We also have uh, the campaign going, the campaign for Congress and the campaign for governor. So if you want to be a part of that, hit us up. Let us know. We got some big things happening. So I hope y'all are excited about that. Um, And some new merch. Some new merch at paperboyprints.shop. So check that out. You see me rocking the Paperboy print shirt today. <laughs> Paper, yeah, here on the Friday night. Now, <clears throat> without further ado, we also have a special guest, and I'm super excited to have them here with me today. Um, and I'm and I'm going to ask them to run out and get my food at a certain point to keep it going, but not right now. Not right now. Um, I have with me Doug, who is one of the first... Uh, 
volunteers and supporters for my first campaign for Congress, who also uh, acted kind of like our the campaign manager, but uh, not really the manager. And, you know, we were all figuring it out together. So co-managers, all except co-manager, co-manager makes sense. Um, and Doug is off camera a little bit. Uh, but you can, but I, I'll flash it on so you get a good uh, look at Doug. How's it going? Hey, 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 okay. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> now, my room isn't prepped to have it all full view. Uh, but there we go. And this is for the folks listening anyway to the Paperboy Prince podcast. We've had some great episodes. Make sure y'all check out the previous ones. So, Doug. It's going, it's going fantastic. Ha, <laughs> paper. Yeah. It's been two years since 2020 when we first met. So I want you to take me back to when we first connected and how we even got connected and all of that. Should I hold the mic or... Don't or hold the mic. Awesome. Yeah, just talk naturally how you're talking, but project yeah, so, so they can hear you. So I actually met uh, Paperboy back in uh, the fall of 2019. Um, I was... Uh, I really w was involved in uh, the Yang Gang. I don't know if you guys are... Uh, Yang Gang guys here, but um, I got big into the Yang Gang in 2019. Uh, Andrew Yang really inspired me uh, to get back into politics for a little bit there. And um, come a little UBI, closer. UBI is a uh, big fan of that. I'm a big fan of uh, you know talk more about it later. I'm a big fan of this whole like human humanity first uh, slogan and that and how that, that's actually like an important thing we need to look at you know uh, as a society at this point. But yes. Um, I met Paper um, somewhat randomly. It was through, well, not randomly randomly, but it was through, uh, it was called Jones Beach at the time. Now it's called Jade, uh, but it's the same place. Um, I had heard, I was subscribed to some like Yang Gang thing that showed us like various events. And I heard that there was this, um, like, it was like a rap performance, essentially. It was a rap concert, whatever yes. you want to call it. Yes. Um, at Jones Beach that night and I heard it was a paperboy prince now I'm not gonna lie actually this is the only thing that I said this I think what I initially heard like paperboy prince like doing a yang gang rap like I heard yang gang rapper I assumed he's probably like a white guy from Williamsburg no no offense <laughs> um, but I I get in there and I see uh I see someone in uh in a dress and I believe you you told me that uh and I was like oh is this paperboy and you're like yeah it's paperboy and and we talked, you know, we talked a little bit. It was nice to meet Paper. I was in a dress? You were wearing, yes. You said you said it was, you were inspired by Dennis Rodman, I believe. Something like that. You were talking about Dennis Rodman. I was wearing a dress. I don't remember wearing a dress that night. That's interesting. That's very interesting. I don't remember that. But okay, continue. But anyway, so we talked a little bit, you know, about Yang Gang stuff. And, and Paper was like, oh, I want to run for something big. For something really big and i was like oh well, what's that like uh like congress or something and and uh you're like oh yeah i'm at, yeah i'm doing that so you know i thought it was a little crazy. that's right it was under wraps at that point i wasn't really like yeah. saying it yeah. i was trying to keep it a secret okay yeah true true i thought it was a little crazy but i'm like all right you know i'm happy to help and i had actually tried helping this guy uh Helping's a big word but i had tried uh being more involved with uh there's this guy named jonathan herzog who uh, yes, Herzog's campaign. Yes. yes. So he, I don't, I don't think he's running again this year, but he ran against Nadler, Jerry Nadler, uh, who's been in Congress for about thirty years, right? Um, in New York's tenth district, he ran against him uh, back in twenty twenty as sort of the big uh, Yang Gang guy. So that's how I actually initially even 
you know, got heard about this event in the first place. And I was trying to like assist him with various stuff, but uh, he just never really was. He, he didn't, he got back to me very occasionally when he did. It was like, you know, pretty generic and vague, like, oh, stay in touch. So I didn't, you know, <laughs> I didn't really feel like I wanted to work with him more just because I didn't feel like, you know, he was particularly, uh, you know, listening to what I had to say. So um, I said like, hey, I was a, you know, I was a political science student in college, you know, I'm going to flex this tiny bit here. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I can offer, you know, some political strategy or something. And, and really, mm -hmm. I didn't know, like, I knew a ton, but like, I knew enough that I could like, you know, offer strategy. I'm not trying to claim I'm like, uh, you know, some, some, uh, I'm not trying to claim I knew because I learned a lot, especially during that campaign, but I did, I did give paper some advice and, uh, paper, uh, wanted to meet with me at this, uh, place, which I call the fly cafe because there were tons of flies. Okay. You're going too far. You're going too far. So yes. Podcast, you know, so, so, so this is, I forgot, this is going to be a pretty, um, nerdy in-depth political podcast but that's good because we need to have more of those and i kind of get um people will say like oh you don't give us enough the nerdy political stuff and i'm like dude yeah that's because when i do you guys don't share it or you i lose you i feel like i lose everybody when i go into it there's some political news that i want to share with you i don't even know if you're aware of we'll get to that at near the end when we start talking about uh politics in general but so yes, that's how we met and we started from there. And that was dope to me because, you know, at that point, I basically had no, very few people believed in the campaign. Actually, a lot of people believed, but they were like, didn't really, weren't in politics at all. There were people that were just like supporters of mine from music and art and all of that. And so, which you, when you came out to the show, it was a bunch of people there. Yes. Well, if you remember, I asked, the one thing I asked you was like, I want to make sure that like you actually like want to win and you're not just like doing this, you know, as like a stunt. Exactly. Yes. And, and you said, you know, you said, yeah. And I was like, okay, I could, you know, I, I did not say, yeah. What did I say? You, I don't know what you said exactly, but we had the meeting and I, I didn't tell, say, yeah, I, I said, said we're not just going to win. We're going to win big, the, you know, discussing full stress. Like, okay, you're, you're really, you know, you're really for this. And I like the whole, you know, don't say if say when thing, that's something I've tried to do, you know, in, in my personal life since I took that as good motivational advice. Don't say if say when, if you want to do something, because if you don't think you're going to do it in your own mind, your, other people aren't going to, you know, it's just, it's probably not going to happen. So that was a, I, I and see, this is going to be a lot of horn tooting this, mm -hmm going to be tooting the horn on this one but that was a very visionary campaign because it was literally from no the thing that people don't understand when they talk about the whole politics stuff is that like yo with no political support at all from like zero pretty much zero people yeah. in politics and the ones that did support like did it with their tails tucked between their legs like they weren't like vocal like paper boy supporters they were like oh yeah like think paper boy is cool but they were like a, it was like basically being like a social yeah. like being like a paper boy supporter is like being the, a socialist the, the fact that the fact back that in paper, the day the fact that paper boy got fourteen thousand votes is actually and that's that's the minimum that's like what we know from the initial count it was fourteen thousand. but right. the fact that paper boy got fourteen thousand is pretty is pretty impressive honestly um it's it's very impressive you know, I mean, I'm not like a big moral victory person, but that is impressive. 14,000 votes would have been enough to win the last election if if this if Nidia 
Velazquez, who's the current congresswoman from District 7, if she had gotten um, the same amount of votes that she got in 2018, Paperboy would have beaten her. I mean, that's a it, it's a lot of votes, 14,000. Right. right. So we, we're skipping ahead a ton, but yeah, so... Um, and and the crazy thing was when we started the campaign, it was before the pandemic. Yeah. So the the thing that made this campaign so special was that this that made it so special was that it started before the pandemic, and like a lot of what I was talking about and the policies we were fighting for, like the principal policy of basic income, the principal policy of spreading love, of healthcare for all. Of a lot of the other things I was talking about, even abolish the police, yeah. um, were things that became like what much more in the national conversation Absolutely, as yeah. the pandemic went on. And it was and and it's, the, the reason is, I'm having you here is because you're also a person who can verify that yes. before the pandemic, I was saying there's gonna be riots in the streets. It's getting that bad, yes. and they're coming for you. And they was they were looking at me like I was crazy. I right? was looking at Paperboy like uh, <laughs> like um, yo, it, yo, Doug was definitely looking at me like I was crazy. It, it was, it was one of the wildest uh, campaigns in the history of the United States of America, and I, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. I'm sure there are a few others, you know, that that are up there, but Paperboys is definitely up there with uh, the most wild campaigns in history. I saw it from you know start to finish, and I can confirm that. <laughs> right? Yes. Right. And the thing is, right? The thing is, right? You were a part of it, like. They want to silence that and bury it because if I can have this crazy campaign in New York City, that means that so many other people can actually go for it and and start to challenge unchallenged incumbents. Because the whole reason that I one of the main reasons I chose to run against Nidia was one, yes, I it is in my district, but two, just so happened to be one of the only unchallenged. Uh, yeah. People, so there was going to be no election. I was like, "Wait, so we don't get even to vote? That don't make no sense." All right, so I think my uh, seamless is about to be here soon. Well, uh, let me just let's let's give it a couple minutes. Set a, uh, couple yeah, minutes. if <laughs> sometimes the, the that messes up the <laughs> the IG live when yeah. I uh, when I accept the call. But oh well. Anyway, so yes, the campaign was honestly insane and it's like now that i've run multiple campaigns since then i i there's a lot that i compare because since that was my first one i had nothing to compare it to except for like bigger presidential campaigns and stuff and i just want to say that the media should cover this camp like they should there should be there should have been more and there still should be more about this because like this is they could. This is a wild story. I was saying, like they could write a. Someone could write a bestseller. Someone could uh, make a blockbuster movie. There was there was a lot going on. I did not when I initially uh, met Paperboy in that bar. <laughs> I did not expect the campaign to sort of unfold as it is. But I. You you did not know what you were signing no, up for, right? And, and I, I I really got a view of you know of how how the system sort of works at even at like at the more at the smaller level, at the local level, the New York State Board of Elections, all of that and. You know, there's. It's interesting because when you know you were talking about like conspiracies earlier, and I don't. You know, there's certain plenty of conspiracies I don't believe in, but I think there's certain things. This isn't even really a conspiracy though. It's just in terms of like facts that, um, in terms of how the system works. So that's something that uh, I'm sure um, we'll, we'll we'll get into later. Yes, but. yes, yes. <clears throat> yeah. No. I mean, 
it was crazy. The, and like, you know, I think campaigning in general is crazy. So Absolutely. like, and being at in the center of it is crazy. And then the pandemic was crazy. And then yeah. I also, am, crazy. Am, you know <laughs> what I mean? And so all of these things on top of each other make it for a very like a crazy adventure. But the one thing that a lot of people say is like, yo, I did not know that's what I was signing up for. Like, I didn't know I was signing up for this crazy, this crazy adventure. And, um, you know, I think that's the beauty of it is that we have so much to offer that it seems like what's on the surface is all to offer because there's so much that we present on the surface. But there's like so many layers under that. When it gets to that, when we talk about the, that's why we're doing the podcast because there's some stuff that, um, we gotta t- like actually break down in long form format for people to get to even see because people are like, yeah. yo, you don't talk about this, you don't get to talk about that. And I'm like, yo, we don't even have the time to really get into some of this stuff like how I want to. So, um, so yeah, it's super exciting to me, you know, one, to have you here and two, to like remind people like, you know, one, it goes back to the statement of the revolution will not be televised, you know? And it's like, that's almost how you know. We were, we were saying before we started about television versus streaming services, and this is kind of a, <laughs> a, a loose metaphor, but it's like, yo, you're talking about that first campaign should be a blockbuster and bestseller and all these things. And it's like, one, it was dope and those, if you know, you know. But two, the revolution will not be televised. And like... Because the folks that are controlling television, and, and this is, I'm gonna give you a conspiracy right now. The folks that are controlling television, that's, that's the uh, food right there. Could you get that for me? Yeah. I, I'm gonna recap, I'm gonna recap. The, the folks that are controlling, uh, I, 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 I'll, I'll hook you up with some fries. I wanna say this point. The folks that are controlling television. Yes, it's paid. The, the folks that are controlling television don't want you to see the revolution. I'll repeat that since it was long-winded. The folks that are controlling the television, they don't want you to see the revolution. They don't want that to come to fruition because that is in direct conflict with their power, right? Um, and so now, now we've, been lucky, we've been lucky enough to actually have an opportunity to cross over in a lot of ways, you know? So that part of what Doug is saying, you know, there's a lot of situations where we've gotten more exposure than a lot of other folks. No. Um, my seamless is calling. Hello? <laughs> Paper, yeah. Um, Punching in after the seamless call. Listen, uh, I I can give them the, the promo because we're doing a thing with them. Look, so speaking of what I was saying before, um, is a, you were talking about you know the campaign not getting all of the light it should have, and I'm saying, hey, bro, you know the revolution won't be televised. Yes, well, you know, I actually want to add on that because the thing is, like, it, it's not re- it, it, it's. It sounds conspiratorial, but it's, there's really not even any conspiracy involved with the, the 
the media is sort of driven by is like is sort of they want to get they want to get the clicks they want to get you know the so usually they do something that you know they think would get them the clicks but at the same time you know i i think that uh this this story would get them plenty of clicks so i i don't know why more people haven't picked up the story i know you know you've been certainly written about in various places but i think more places should pick up sort of not just paperboy story but the story of all kinds of people that are not entrenched sort of in the political system right now um that you know people that are not you know super rich that work normal jobs that just can't really uh afford to uh afford to run a campaign because it's very expensive to run a campaign and it's not necessarily people always say that like money rules the system that's like that's not entirely true from my experience what it is is that money is the best way around the system if that makes any sense so because if you have a lot of money you can sort of you can sort of get around things by paying for them uh in and, right. uh, <clears throat> political establishment the board of elections and this is the new york state board of elections they put tons of obstacles in between to make it harder for people to run for various offices so it's it's not impossible but they make things harder and that's because they want the people who are currently in power they want to give them an advantage that's sort of it's not even a conspiracy that's just really right more of a fact right that's a fact um something happened with reporting um yes no the the everything's good so I think that's a good point. Um, I want to transition a little bit. Uh, so I, I will say that it is hard to get people to care. Like, that's the thing. Even journalists, you know, it's hard to get people to care, right? Like, a lot of people just don't care. Because life, there's so many other things that yeah. focus on in life. So a, you know, kind of weird, random congressional campaign, it's just like people don't care. And the folks that do care are the same ones that are often pushing, like, bad candidates sometimes anyway. Well, like, you know what I mean? They're yeah. like the leftists or whoever who are, like, already pushing candidates who've, like, they, they, like the average person isn't connecting with anyway. So then they're like, oh, why am I, like, into this, you know? Um, so that's, that's my thought of that. Um, speaking of that, I think it's a good place to segue into like the, you know, some of the difference between what the, the, that campaign was and other candidates campaigns. And like, this is where you can, because talking about the money and we talked about, you know, all the other things, but I'm curious from your perspective, like what was some of the difference between the paperboy campaign and some of these other types of campaigns? So... I mean, I think, you know, I, I I hadn't worked in other campaigns the same way I've worked in the paperboy campaign, but I have worked, I had worked in uh, government offices before, so I sort of know a little bit more about how the um, established way of doing, you know, the typical way of doing things is. Uh-huh. And it's, what I've noticed is that, that in that case, it's really all about um, the various norms that they have and, about, you know, the formality of it and making sure they're, you know, saying the appropriate things and they have, you know, they almost have things down to a pattern, you know, a specific pattern they lay out. We're going to reach out to these donors. We're going to reach out to these, you know, various organizers and these people on this list of people that have responded to, you know, various things before. And what was crazy about this campaign is we were really sort of making it all up as we went. Um, We did get the uh, advice of uh, Theo Chino, 
um, who I call the Dwight Schrute of New York politics. Dwight Schrute? Yeah, well, I, I, it was because of the, you know, I, I say this as a compliment. It was because of the line uh, about how if anyone knows more about paper than you do. Um, that, was about, that was about printing paper, actually, not that paper. But it was in the office, uh, Jim said, if anyone knows more about paper than you do. Um, I don't want to meet them. So that's what I say about Theo. <laughs> Love the guy, but if anybody knows more about local New York politics than he does, I probably don't. <laughs> that is hilarious. <clears throat> that's hilarious. Oh, man, I love Theo. That's hilarious. Yo, what's up, everybody? So, um, yeah, I mean, I also, so that was on your side. On my side, I had been studying and reading for like, obviously my whole life, but then more specifically heavily for like a year. Yeah. I've been like, priming people and researching and mainly people in my own network but i feel like i've have a pretty diverse network more diverse than most people i'm meaning like of just different types of like backgrounds like ages races um like you know nationalities and uh all types of mindsets and mainly like political spectrum yes <clears throat> like a lot of folks that are like different places in the political spectrum that i like you know um so yeah, that was pretty exciting for me. I'll continue. So um, before I got sidetracked by uh, the Theo thing, my yes. point in saying this is that, you know, they always talk about politicians representing, you know, that's their job is to represent, you know, the people that of that vote for them, the people that are in their district. Uh, that's the districts <coughs> themselves are also gerrymandered in very strange ways. That's a whole other conversation right. we can get into. It's very random how they they make them out. But the job of a politician is like to be there in the district. And in so much of this established way of doing things, they're not really there. Like they'll talk about grassroots organizing and that means like they sent emails to like a bunch of people. That's what they mean. Uh -huh. Right? With Paperboy, Paperboy was like doing like, you know, one man street performances. Um, you know, Paperboy was just doing street performances and not, and you know, and doing concerts <coughs> with other people, like all kinds of various things. But like I, I would see Paperboy just out there on the street uh, doing their performances and people would come, you know, people would come by and uh, and see what was going on, and then paper, you know, uh, could promote uh, their campaign, and and then you know we did we did do a lot of you know getting people together for various events, especially um, after the pandemic started and the protest started. Um, paper was at a protest where there was about a thousand people, and I saw paper on top of a train, like uh, on top of a bus rather, like like yelling at the trains as like they went by, and it was just. It was wild how the campaign started at like, you know, just this like, you know, oh, we're just sort of trying to figure out how to do things. And then it got to like speaking in front of thousands of people um, and doing this march that ended up being across the Brooklyn Bridge. So, um, you know, paper was was out there uh, and a lot of the volunteers, too. We did a great job. We spent a lot of energy, put a lot of time into, you know, in, in, in ways that I wouldn't necessarily have seen initially. They were just... Uh, they were just out there on the streets and trying to spread, you know, uh, spread the message, spread mostly positive message. And um, I think that's important. And the people, you're not going to see that from a lot of people in Congress. You'll see them show up to the occasional event where they think, like, the right the right constituency is going to be there. The right, the donors are going to be there. Oh, here, you know, give me money. I'm going to give a little speech. Right. You see that. You see them show up at the political club events. That uh, That's a whole other thing. Right. Um, but... You don't really see them out. You're not going to see uh, Nadine Velazquez. You're not going to see Carolyn Maloney or Jerry Nadler or any of these people. You're not going to see them out like uh, rapping on the street. You're just not going to see that. So that right. that's something that's very was very unique to Papers Campaign, and I hope that uh, continues to be an element of uh, Papers Campaigns because it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I was going to go out 
I was going to even go out today and do that. And now what's interesting is that was my whole plan. I've said it before, so it's no secret that my plan was as a street performer, like, yo, I'm just going to street perform every day at these certain spots. And um, because that's already what I was doing. So I wasn't going to try to change up and be a different person. And I felt like I was going to connect with the right people. But then because the pandemic happened, I couldn't do that. So now this is the first time the pandemic has been kind of chill since we started. So, you know, we've been out a lot with the love tank turning up, like, you know, performing. It's 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 getting exciting. And I think that there is a. I think that, well, before I get into the that part about victory, I think that what really helps to separate what we do in this campaign uh, apart from other campaigns campaigns and candidates is just we care about winning, but like it's not overly caring about winning in a way that like makes you break the law or makes you become a bad person or makes you have to like try to spread like lies about someone else or have to like do these things like you know what I mean like every, it's always been like yo okay how can we win still being ourselves still being positive you you know what I mean like still doing the stuff that we like to do like how can we do it with that it's not oh how can we be like them and with a, just a little twist. No, it's like how can we fully be ourselves? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's certainly an admirable thing. There were paper plenty of opportunities to you know do try to do personal attacks against uh, against their opponent, but um, that was not something that you know was a very positive campaign. That's not something the paper did at all. You know, I don't think I certainly obviously you know harshly criticizing someone you're running against is a totally reasonable thing to do. I'm not saying that's not. Uh, something you should do if, if right. you are interested in, in running for office um, because, you know, it's a serious role and it requires that. But um, I think what, you know, what really stood out is that, you know, what a lot of times when people get elected, they just, they go to D.C. and they sort of do their thing and then, you know, they don't really come back. As I said, they don't really come back here. They're not really actually in touch with the people of the district. And I'm, I, I have little doubt that a paper was in D.C., that paper would be coming back here and uh, doing the same thing and doing the performances and meeting with, you know, other you know interesting people other other you know cool people around the community around around uh bushwick and park slope and everywhere else in the district and um <coughs> definitely yeah wait i that's reminding me i want to spit my you heard it i you heard it but i want to spit my um city of gods freestyle for them it's like this y'all i'm gonna do it live for y'all right here New York City, please go easy on me tonight. New York City, please go easy on this heart of mine. Cause I'm spreading this love, still spreading this love. New York City, please go easy on me. Alright, here we go. It's Paperboy, the love prince, be honest, who does this, start and change for whole governments. 
Flow hot, I need an oven mitt. Spread in love and fell in love with it. He delete the tweet, then republish it. Dressed in red like Republicans. Got the buzz up, I've been bubbling. Got the money up and start doubling. Know me overseas like doubling. He fake ID like McLovin. The NFTs went public. City said they loved it. We outside, we hugging. Starting up the discussion. They pressing me, they bugging. They don't want to admit when you do something special. They think it's a joke, but this not a special. Like a nomad, I don't want to settle. They give you your flowers to pluck all the petals. Hop in that tank and I press on the pedal. These rappers is puppets, these rappers your pedal. She walking in with them little stilettos. All of this drip like I came out the meadow. New York City, please go easy on me tonight. Hey, New York City, hey. please go easy on this heart of mine. Cause I'm spreading this love. Still spreading this love. New York City, please go easy on me. Ha <laughs> paper. Yeah. Had to had to give him those bars mid podcast. But but yeah, you've seen that before when we was in uh see the beauty of, of the, the the first campaign is we actually got to do some uh events. Uh, in person before COVID. Should I talk about the uh, political club speech? <laughs> I think I have to. I don't know how I can uh, I can uh, not bring that up. So um, I'll give a little background for people uh, who might not be uh, super uh, involved and uh, who might not know. Because, you know, as I said, I didn't know a lot about this until I started the campaign. But there are these things called political clubs. Um, and they're just, as they're just as exclusive as they sound. And, yes. um they have a large influence in uh, in politics, certainly in New York, and I'm sure in plenty of other places. And a lot of people don't even realize them, but they essentially they endorse candidates. They're technically independent organizations, but they're very closely tied with these candidates for various offices. Um, this is even this is true of everything from like the DSA, which does its own thing in this regard, right? To these you know Democratic <clears throat> Republican clubs, and. The first speech was that New Kings Democrats. Who was the first speech with? Was that was Democrats? like Central Brooklyn Independent right. Democrats. I can't remember. So there's this group called Central Brooklyn Independent Democrats or something like that, and they hold this. The point of these political clubs is that they hold these events where they invite candidates to give speeches, and the candidates basically they need to hit the certain notes and they need to fill out these forms with the say these policies that they support and, and answer questions in certain ways. And essentially, the people in the club will ultimately determine who they endorse, usually based on whoever they, I mean, often they'll endorse the people already there who they support, right. but they'll have these <laughs> events to help, you know, gauge who they're going to endorse and who they're going to give money to and who they're going to fundraise for, right? And that goes mm -hmm. a long way in helping someone win the election. It's not, it doesn't mean they will, but it does certainly help. And so they invited, um, there was several Congress people that were at this event. There was uh, Hakeem Jeffries, who's in New York's 8th District. Um, in Bed-Stuy and uh, some other places. There's Nydia Velazquez, who's New York's 7th District, favorite is running against. They was all there. The gang was all there. A lot of people. <clears throat> and um, so all these, you know, there's a lot of politicians that are giving sort of their various speeches. Some of them were better than others, but, you know, they, they sort of all gave a similar variation of, of this of very similar speech. I remember this was um, around the time of Trump's first impeachment Um which is the one I wrote. <laughs> um, so they were all talking about that. Oh, yeah, they were really patting themselves on the back about the Trump Yeah, even stuff. though it didn't actually really do anything considering he didn't actually get impeached. 
um, in terms of or removed or whatever the technical, you know, technically he did get impeached. But anyway, that's not important. Um, but you know, they're all sort of they're hitting their talking points. They're saying their various things, and as I said, some were clearly better than others at it. But paper comes up right, and and paper just changed the like the vibe and the temperature and the mood in the room in like a way that <laughs> is just pretty rare to see. Um, because you know the people that are there sort of know what they're there for. They're going to listen to some speeches. They're going to, you know, maybe the people in the club, they're going to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to endorse so-and-so. And uh, everyone's sort of playing by a similar sort of rule book, right? So paper comes up and paper's like, ha, ha, paper, yeah, I love you all. Are there people out in the streets? They're hurting out in the streets. I'm like, you know, just takes into total, you know, uh, total zero 100 right there. It was pretty wild. And just starts yelling at the crowd and, you know, just trying to like wake them up basically. And uh, it, it definitely worked because everybody in that crowd was on edge. Um, again, it wasn't, it wasn't even just like the speech specifically. It was just like the vibe, like the tone of the, like it just something changed in that room everybody there you have these people that are a little bit that are in congress you have these people who are you know very high up in new york politics and they're just all incredibly uncomfortable so that was awesome <laughs> and then at one point paper turns to me towards the end of the speech after yelling like turns says can i get a can i get that water over there i'm like is paper gonna like fucking like throw the water bottle or something? Like, what the fuck's going on? I, I i was afraid to give paper the water but i, I, I I did do it. I did give the water, and you just like sipped it. So that was that was good because I didn't want to. That's how you know I had him shook. He was afraid to give me water because he thought I was about to ah throw the water. But that's the thing. I, I can go zero to hundred real quick, and they didn't know what to expect. You'll they, never see people in suits more uncomfortable. They did not know what to expect. That the, if, and you know, I think everybody in that room also was like over fifty. Just about it. Most yeah. people me. were over 50. <laughs> right. Besides you, me, and maybe say four other people. Yeah. Tops. Probably candidates for like the smaller office. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of them were definitely over 50, which is great. That, that is just showing that they definitely, like, they just weren't expecting exactly the energy. Um, you know? Well, I think it also showed that they've sort of there's sort of a failure to get younger people into this sort of stuff. You know, it's just so. It's that's, that's a, a good. That's such a great point. It's so hard to get young. That's one of the reasons that it should be talked about because the way that we help to get young people in it, and I want to say that to say this, like, because I'm in the middle of my own campaign and my that that own movement, I'm extremely biased. I'm. Right. Um, but I know that there was an incredible impact there. And like, there's a, obviously a movement of a ton of people running for office all over the world. But here in New York City, with young people, with queer people, with uh, kind of artists and different types of people, I want to say that the Paperboy Prince campaign and, and doing more creative methods around campaigning. I gotta say that the Paperboy Prince campaign for Congress and for mayor were like real catalysts for a lot of that. I know for a fact that there's several folks in office right now that credit those campaigns with them, with inspiring them. To, to just go off with that, there is like, there's something, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm a fan of creativity. I, again, I know that sounds a little cliche, but it is just very important and just, and, and it's just so many ways. and. 
there's this the city the new york city is such like a creative spirit uh that really you know helps make it such a great city and it just it's not represented at all in like in our politics and at this point a lot of our media and our culture like it's just not represented very well and certainly it's just we need to represent, you know, the creative spirit of um, of the districts, you know, of the residents, and certainly District Seven, you know, uh, Bushwick area, and uh, all these places have lots of artists and lots of creative people, and you know, they're just really not all that well represented um, by these, you know, lawyers and suit ex, ex lawyers and suits, career politicians. It's just, um, and that's not even to mention all, you know, the the waiters and and bodega owners and factory workers they're really not represented at all either. It's just, you have all these, you know, these people that have been in office a very long time or sort of trained. They, this is what they want to do. You know, they just want to be a political right. staffer. And these are a lot of the people that uh, make the decisions and, you know, true democracy. I'm not, you know, saying you literally have to do, you know, the every person gets a pebble thing that they did in uh, ancient Greece, but a, a, a good democracy would have, uh, you know, all kinds of people that are able to sort of really be involved in the decisions and the representation. And, you know, our, our system's really lacking in that regard right now. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's important. Um, okay. In the interest of time, I'm going to start to, to get to some of the, some of the other stuff I want to be talking about. And we can always come back and do a part two. Um, so, Where do I want to go with this next? Let's talk about, let's take a turn and we'll come back to some of the, uh, my personal campaigns. Let's talk about Yang. Um, you know, I saw recently that this is the three year anniversary of me actually releasing my first oh, wow. Yang song, which is Yang Gang, which is like doing it for Yang. And I put that on Gang, Yang Gang, er, Yang Gang. Uh, produced by my homie Mark Andre. And that song, I was making it for completely, I was using these beats for a completely different album. And then I heard about Andrew Yang. His campaign was super small at the time. And this is while I was planning in the back of my head to run for Congress. And I started to make that song. And my manager at the time was telling me, no, what are you doing? Bernie, you got to like get on the Bernie wave. He was a, and you know, he was like, no, Bernie's the one. And Bernie was at that time seen as the more hip underground candidate like if you're hip and knew about it but i wanted to be way more um not hip i wanted to be way more like like out there than that yeah. you know i wanted to be more like i wanted to be aligned with more of a long shot like yeah. for me i i like that i like kind of being underdog more energy yeah the underdog like the extreme underdog because bernie was already like an underdog but like you know what I mean? But, uh, like, he has that. But this is, like, Yang is, like, an extreme underdog. But it's, like, for a reason. Because it's, like, whoa, these are the ideas that, that made me want to be a part of extreme underdog. And that's the same type of energy that this campaign was, you know, supposed to have. So, to, to go off of that, something one of the first things I, I remember liking about Andrew Yang is that he actually genuinely seemed like an authentic person. Like, you know, you see some of these people, like, you know, a Pete Buttigieg or something like that. <laughs> and it just seemed like... It just seemed like someone's just giving them, like, I don't know what his actual personality is like. I have no idea. Could be a nice guy. Could be crazy. I have no idea. But it just, I feel like he's just getting fed talking points from various people. And he's just trying to, like, fit himself into this mold of, like, this, you know, oh, I'm a sincere politician. You know, that sort of Pete thing. Pete Buttigieg is also one. a funny name, too. And it's a very funny name. Um, Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg. Anyway, um, but 
Andrew Yang just sort of seemed like, you know, oh, I'm a normal guy, but I'm passionate about these issues. I think that's awesome. And I think, you know, seeing yes. Papers campaign was definitely not, you know, very off papers, very authentic. You know, <laughs> I, you might say an idea that maybe, you know, have some disagreement with, but I know it's, you know, this is your authentic idea. You're not like saying because you someone gave you some talking point to list exactly. off. Exactly. Uh, and, and I think that's what's most important. I think that's more important than even having like, the best yeah. ideas is more important as far as connecting. Um, it's more important as far as connecting with people. You know what I mean? It, I think what's right is having the best idea, but I think what connects with people the most is like who actually feels like they're like being genuine. Like people connect with that, and so that's a big part of um, you know what we're trying to do. I'm. And I think that's kind of some of the places where, you know, a lot of the other candidates and movements that we like go left is once it starts to not feel like authentic, you know, and it feels like they're trying to. And that was my issue with Yang and a lot of the other candidates is like, yo, you guys are, are focusing too much on what like what's it called? Um, like. Polls are saying and the all that the stuff. The mayoral campaign did not go well for Yang. I'll, I'll, uh, I, I still like the guy, but like <laughs> that was not a good campaign. I'm sorry. The the it's trash. The po polls and um, you know, uh, advisors and all this stuff. It's just you really got to just be a person. Like you really got to be a person, and and you got to do things. You know, I say in a new piece of of a thing that's coming out soon is like. Activism is about being active, you know, and you have to you have to be active. You have to actually do things in real life in the real world. Uh that connects with people like in this I think because what happened was, right? For a while that's what it was. And when you look back on American politics, that's all of this stuff was like super like it was a lot of it was more crazy than not, but we got to a point where it's been become things becoming so politically correct that like it's gotten overly politically correct to the point where folks aren't even people. And like now that's what's happening. Yeah. You have so many folks that are afraid to speak because they don't want to say something wrong. They're afraid to speak on anything real because they don't want to say something wrong. So then they just keep throwing out like BS or keep throwing out like stuff that's like doesn't really matter and not to say that something doesn't matter but it's like wait you're like wait this is kind of just like it feels like filler and it's because they're afraid to say anything real you know and um and that's where we come in we're like trying to give them that real give them something uh new um so uh we got a couple more things to talk about we're going to, I want to talk about some futuristic ideas that that uh, we can like hash out here Absolutely. and then we can talk about. And, and there's some, something that you gave me that I wanted to talk to you about in general, but be dope to have on the podcast. And then another thing is I know that you had some stuff that you wanted to uh, plug as well. So we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll get that going too. Um, <laughs> paper, yeah, you're listening to the Paperboy Prince podcast brought to you by the paperboyprince.com love gallery hosted by paperboy love prince i'm happy to be here now listen speaking of futuristic ideas that's been a big part of what this whole movement is centered on and 
the thing I love about, for example, like the campaign is like we're a campaign that begets other campaigns where people work for our campaign and then they want to run and they're helping people run. Where the, the Love Gallery is the community center that begets other community centers. We have the Love Gallery and then other people working with us start community centers. They start other projects. They start things in their own neighborhoods. Um, you know, the same thing with the music and our shows. We are helping to create artists and literally birthing new artists. Um, and so you brought to me an idea that you said, you know, Paperboy, you do all these different things. And like the thing that you really need to create is a city or uh, something where you could help people create cities. So talk to me about this yes. and then let, let, let me, let me, I want to hear you talk sure. about this. Well, there's, there's, there's two parts of this. I guess the first is the second is like the literal city, but, um, you know, I do think it would be pretty awesome if, if it was easier for people to like, just go out into the woods and sort of build their own village. But that's even sort of a secondary thing. I think something that, uh, I think, I think this, this might be a little bit controversial, but I think the future is physical. And what I mean by that is that I think that we've sort of hit our peak in terms of, uh, in terms of social media, in terms of that being, you know, uh, sort of so much of a cultural influence, because I think there's just so much of a need for physical space and physical community um, that, you know, people have. And that's uh, something about Andrew Yang that I liked going back to that is that is his slogan was humanity first. And, you know, look, there's a lot of cool technology. There's a lot of technology that is very helpful things. I'm not uh, saying we, I'm not anti-technology. Um, but we need to make sure that this technology that we're putting, we're having for the public to consume, that we're putting out there into the world for everybody is actually uh, is actually benefiting people, is actually going to go to good use uh, because that's just something that's so important that we can use this sort of to help ourselves rather than to, uh, you know, to, to hurt ourselves or to divide ourselves. And um, I think there's just this need for, uh, you know, physical alternatives. We saw this during the pandemic as well, you know, with the lockdowns and all that. Um, that people can have. So I think uh, something that's going to be big in the future that I want to work on and that, I'll, that, I, that I have been working on and that I'm, I think other people should be working on is how to sort of take this, all the space that we have, take these unused office buildings, these unused uh, warehouse spaces and turn them into uh, sort of community centers and turn them into places where people can, uh, that can, you know, it's a real problem for people to get capital because capital, you know, it's, it's often very, right. It's owned by, you know, you'll have the certain, you know, big companies that own a lot of these places and it's just, it's not easy to do. And if there's a way that people could get space and they could get capital, um, that's just, it would help people economically, it would help people socially, it would help people mentally. And, um, so there's that. And then of course the, the, the maybe the later step of that would be to, uh, to build us, uh, you know, just to actually build your own village. I think that's something that'd be cool to do, but, um, yeah, well, well, so here's my question. Build your own village. So if I, your idea basically is if I wanted to, and I, I see most wanted Fifi, I see your message about your, um, your family and I, uh, my condolences to you and your family. And I, I will be praying for you and uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, and we do a lot of podcasts that are uplifting and are, you know, kind of focused on that. And uh, so definitely check some of those out. Um, I will say I also Harriet Hines, who's a good friend of mine, passed away. 
I think I may have mentioned Sorry. it on the last podcast, but I met her through campaigning and she was a great advocate for folks. Um, but you were saying, so starting the city, starting a village. So say I want to start my own paperboy village. Yes. And you're saying that you feel like the future is physical. I do. I really do. Um, and I really like the idea of starting the Paperboy Village. And we've talked about starting a city a bunch. And, you know, I'm really hype on starting a church, too. So I'm giving it all away what's happening now. Y'all are hearing it first. But I, I, I'm really keen on starting a church, too, because I feel like that is, like, a big part of, like, a village, too. Like, there needs to be a strong, like, moral code yeah. that is based on something well, outside of the leader's own uh so ideology i i again want to talk about alternatives because again there's this there's this need for alternative institutions essentially you know there's these you have these you know you have your amazon you have your your cnn and your fox and your nbc and there's this there's this need for sort of alternatives to what feels like dominates so much of our culture and it's not even just a i don't even just mean this in a legal sense that's not really what i'm talking about even i'm just talking about more of in a cultural sense and it's going to take you know, it's not going to be easy. It's a lot easier said than done, but it's going to take innovation um, for people to sort of create these uh, communities, whether they're literal villages or, right. or otherwise. <clears throat> I think it, I think literal village would be awesome, but it's not the only way. So, so give me in the three step process. I I get that it's going to take work yeah. and innovation, but give me in the three step process doable. of what you think. I yes. I get that it's doable. Get me in a three step process of what you think those steps would be to yes. To start the well, Paperboy City or start a city, I, I or think give that me. If, if people work together, it's definitely doable because the reason I know this is because there were crazy hippies that made communes in the '60s, and they 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 managed to put together sort of the basics. They they didn't necessarily always work out that well. Some worked better than others. I mean, some seem pretty cool to be honest. Others maybe not as much. You know, like the Manson one, but. Um, <laughs> Come on. People in the '60s were able to create these cities, and I think it's pretty awesome. Honestly, I, think I, I, I respect that a lot. I think that's that's, uh, and we have so much more technology now that if we put our minds together, that there was like an Uber for city building, which sounds a bit odd, but it, it's certainly something that's doable. If we could connect people that knew how to build stuff with people that had sort of the ideas for how they wanted to run the city and how they wanted to <laughs> represent the people in the city. I think that it's just a matter of bringing these people together. Because the, the hardest part for me, though, with that is the land part, because yes. that's the whole thing of it, is that there was a part in America where because they were just trying to um, take over the land, they just basically gave a bunch of people land for really cheap um, when that was something that was like super plentiful in America, there is land, but you know, so, so, so talk to me. Yes. Yeah, so I'll, I'll go back to the, to the three steps. Um, I'd say step one is just sort of, is sort of writing the plan down, right? Because if you get, it's getting the people together and having them sort of uh, have agree on a certain plan for a certain basic, you know, vision that they want to see in a small level right this would be voluntary it would be for uh just sort of a, it's, it would start out as a smaller group of people and then maybe it could expand to a bigger group of people but if you get a few people that are you know they're they really you know this is what they want to do and this is what they're really or you know you had pioneers back in the day that would do this sort of thing 
um, and say, hey, you know, this is what I want this place to look like, right? And here's how I want to, or if it's an existing city, here's how I want to transform this neighborhood or something like that, right? So the first step is just to get the people together. The second step is to acquire the capital. And that's the hardest part, unfortunately. But as I said, there are ways to do this if, you know, if people work together and they, they try to get these empty spaces, they try to say, hey, to these people that might own these spaces, hey, you've had this space, you know, you're not making any money off and this is this is barely getting used, you know, how do we turn the space into something greater? How do I we see. That? That's step two. And then step three is the actual, you know, construction phase. And that I think is the easiest part because if you get the rest together, you can definitely, if you know what so you're gonna step, build, you know why so, you're gonna build it, you can get it done. Okay, perfect. So step one is the idea basically. Yes of what the city or civilization is going to be. Step two is the, the is the money and the capital, raising the money and the capital yep. to start the city. And then step three is the, the doing. is the actual construction of it. Yep. Um, and then that's pretty much that. Okay, cool. So, hmm. So the hardest part, like you said, is the money and the capital. And I mean, theoretically, you could have a tent. It could be everybody living in tents. Yeah. It could be, you know, if that's all it took. Um, but, you know, to run a city, it takes money. So, interesting. Well, I like this idea. I really like this idea. And I want to come back to it of figuring out how to start a city. Uh, I have a friend with some land upstate in New York. And I might be able to get a section of it. Um, you know, I might get, be able to get a section of it to start a city, or maybe we want a awesome. cooler or cooler location for a city. I don't know. You know, like, you know, the city. Upstate New York. Right <laughs> I'm not trying to diss upstate New York. I'm just saying, like, you know, once you choose where your city is, you're pretty much locked in. So um, you can't just move a city. It's like, like imagine okay. if that was a plan. They're like, all right, my plan for America, move it to Hawaii. Elon like, Musk is probably working on that right now. He's probably working on how do I move a city to like a nicer weather location. I mean, that was the whole plot of the famous Jet Jackson. The whole plot of the famous Jet Jackson that he was like stealing cities and moving them to like other dimensions. I don't know this, uh, yeah, it's great. It's actually that movie behind you. It's one of the few Disney Channel original movies that was centered around boys. Um, so few, but... Okay. Uh, yes, farming. I'm excited. Let's talk more about this. Maybe we should just start talking about the city, and then it'll eventually happen. That's that's the idea. I like that. Yes. When, not if. When the city uh, happens. Not if. Exactly. You know what? I, I love that because, Doug, you as one of my first campaign uh, volunteers and uh, uh, eventually co-managers and somebody who has helped in a lot of ways with that, you know, I'm happy of all of the ways that I could help as well and uh, provide a vision and provide inspiration and in, in, in that way and like you know there's been a lot of folks who have uh, I've worked closely with and being able to see them grow and do their thing and and how how they uh, take that experience and learn from it has been dope you know we've had other folks from that same campaign that were also working close with me that are doing different things and have uh, moved on and 
uh, I still work with, but you know, they were more heavily um, working with me and um, you know, under my direction more often. And then the last campaign, so it's dope to see. And um, it's dope to see. So saying that to say, you mentioned that there's some new things that you're working on that you wanted to talk about. So let's hear about them. Uh, yeah, so, um, all right. Um, well, that was, you know, that's something in the works, obviously, it's, it's not quite ready yet, but the, the whole, uh, it's called, it would be called the U Frontier, um, with, uh, that, that would be the name for now, but, um, we'll, we'll see what happens down the line, but, um, something else I've been trying to work on is just sort of, as I mentioned, the first thing is, is, is to be able to, to get spaces that are not being used, uh, very much, and to sort of buy up those spaces and turn them into sort of, like, cheap co-working spaces slash event spaces slash spaces you can run out for community centers whatever purpose you'd like um and um it's so it's the initial name was uh young america y-u-n-g america so i guess uh there's a website for that although it needs uh it's kind of going under some renovation right now um and um i have an instagram uh at young america oh, again kind of undergoing run i need to was sort of in the process of getting a new one. It's a long story, but um, it's at Young America underscore sixty nine. Um, <laughs> it's my birthday, by the way. It's not just a, I mean, it, yeah, ha, 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 sixty nine. I, I, I like it too, but it's also my birthday, so um, <laughs> six nine. Anyway, uh, uh, speaking of Doug, I it kept me laughing so much unintentionally <laughs> because of stuff like that. Kept me laughing. Rolling on the floor, something, and I also do a great Doug impression too. <laughs> do your Doug impression. I uh, yes, you know. So uh, I do I throw pepper boys over here, and I, I do a pretty, <laughs> you know. Um, so basically, I'm I'm sitting here, and you know, I think. I think you sound like Obama. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Barack Obama. Oh, yes. basically, yeah. Uh... Yes, um, you know, uh. Yes, uh, Pepperwise, he's a little, he's a little weird. Pepperwise, a little weird, but uh, he means good. He's, he's doing stuff for the community and uh, he's, he's trying his best. At 69, ha ha ha, not not like 69, like the you know, like that 69, but 69 like the number six, the, the nine uh, after the other. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I I had to. I had to. Nah, Doug's great. Um, but yeah, also working, as I said, on the U Frontier, which might just end up being the name for both of them, because I'm kind of transitioning the other one anyway. Um, but I'm trying to, uh, as I said, I'm working on, uh, getting some space to convert and, uh, you know, just, just to kick it off once we get said space, we'll probably, you know, have like a kickoff party or something. Hey. Um, we've had one before for, uh, but... Um, try to make it more uh, more sustainable basis. Um, also check out the Love Gallery if you haven't been. Uh, it's a cool place. Hey. And uh, you know, I think it's nice to, as I said, you know, physical like have a storefront. It's it's key. It's just to have a place. I remember during the pandemic um, in June of 2020 um, when we we only only had the place open for about two weeks that we had just before the election. Um, but we had this sort of office type thing and these people would just, they just come, they'd just be walking down the street and they'd be like, Hey, what's going on here? And they check in and stop by 
and it was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, we'd say hi and, uh, you know, maybe they join us. And I think that's just something very nice to have, um, you know, in a community. And uh, I think having more of these, you know, storefronts that can be, uh, you know, turned into, you know, to help unleash, you know, people's creativity and, uh, and uh, give people opportunities. And it's an awesome thing. So that's something I'm trying to work on. And it's something that, you know, you can, uh, whether it's specifically, a, it doesn't have to be a business thing, you can sort of do that um, whenever you want. You can make your thing into, you know, something. Uh, That's something dope. Cool. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk more about all of that. Thank you for joining us, Doug. This has been a great podcast. I'm excited. It's, been, it's been fun. It's been, it's been more of like a hangout. Thank you to all of y'all listening. So sorry to folks on Twitter spaces. This is my first time doing a Twitter space. So I was live on Twitter Spaces, y'all, this whole time. A couple people tuned in. Uh, we had a couple of them in there, y'all. So uh, <laughs> I paid for it. Yeah, but I was like sometimes forgetting. I was putting my phone over there and all this stuff. So shout out to everyone on our Twitter Spaces. And um, yeah, this has been great. I'm gonna. I, it's been a while since I've been live. I know I hadn't. You know, I was a little... Uh, shaken up about my friend Harriet passing away and all the work she was doing and we were doing suddenly so I stopped posting on the gram for a bit and all of that stuff but I'm getting back to that uh and I have some kind of projects that I'm I'm preparing for so I kind of am like hopefully trying to put my creative energy into those projects more than like social media but we also have some Super dope stuff coming via social media, too. Uh, and I've, I've talked about that a little bit, so I'm not going to belabor that point. So, <laughs> I pay for, yeah, new album coming soon, too. I played you some of the previews uh, to start the pod. Listen, man, we're, it's our time, 2022. It's our time. It's, what, always, it's always your time if you want it to be your time. Exactly. What's your next? Your time. What's your next move, Paperboy? What do you mean? I, I feel like I told... I feel like I'm the person who, like, I... Paper's still running for Congress. I tell everybody all of, all the moves they all know. It's like, I'm basically like Michael Jordan. Not, <laughs> not like Michael Jordan because it's so good, but Michael Jordan meaning, like, you know what I'm going to do. It's just like, yo, let's see him stop it. They, you already know what we're going to do. It's like, yo, you know Michael Jordan's about to go right and then shoot. But can you stop it, though? And it's the same thing of, it's the same thing of like with this, like you already know what we're going to do. We're going to be out here spreading love in all different types of ways. And like, you know, what, what can they do? We've been, a lot of folks have been copying, have been mimicking. A lot of folks haven't wanted to give credit. Uh, a, a lot of folks have um, done, have given credit. We've got, gotten support and reached heights and done things that I would have thought it would be far out. So the next move, I'll say this simply president of the United States, president of the United States. And I, I don't say that jokingly. I say that seriously, because if not me, if not us, who, if not now, when now, granted, I'm too young to be president right this moment, but we're coming, we're coming and America get ready. You know, which basketball but, player I, uh, I look up to. Who? Robert Ory. I feel like he'd be the coolest. But, you know, he just comes off the bench, hits a clutch three, hits some clutch threes, and just wins championships, and that's what he does. So I want to be the Robert Ory of this podcast. 
I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Doug's our Robert Ory. Yes. Do I want to be a politician? Um, that's a good question. I go back and forth with the answer to that. Um, I am a politician in the, in the thought of do folks see me as that? I literally have run for office and been on the ballot and I have policies and a politician is somebody just that just works with people. So in theory, I'm a politician. But am I a politician in traditional sense is if, if it's like the people that are in office, if, if, if I am an Eric Adams, if I am a Jerry Nadler, if I am a Nancy Pelosi, no, that is not what I am. I am this new, never before seen revolutionary, love spreading artisan that is, you know, coming to like just really shake stuff up. And if I can't save it and help in a meaningful well, way, then I'm there to blow it up. And the one thing that even gives me, like I was, I retweeted a, a quote. Um, I Actually, I might find it. We, we mentioned Yang, and I think this was from one of his things, but I retweeted a quote, and this is a big reason why I'm in, and I wanna get this out. It says, we must stop pretending if, that if we embed a few good people in a corruptive system, the individuals will somehow become a cleansing agent. They're more likely to become flies stuck in amber, reduced to dialing for dollars and biding time. We have to change the incentive. So we must stop pretending that if we embed a few good people into a corruptive system, that the individuals will somehow become a cleansing agent. And so what I'm saying is this, right? For me as Paperboy Prince, yeah, me as Paperboy Prince in Congress how much does that change? Just one person in a, a chamber with four over four hundred people. I think. You Hold on, let me, let me change a lot. That, well, let me finish. I was getting to that. What would, what does that change? One person. And my thought, the one thing that has me inspired by myself and by this campaign and by the people who uh, receive this campaign is that so many people are inspired by it. You know, that's what makes it stand apart is that, oh, the one person in there is coming with it's going to inspire tens of thousands of people to take up arms and to fight back and to join the fight and to run for office and to become a community leader and to, you know, to clean up their neighborhood and to fight for love and well, all these things. I just want to I want to I know you probably want to end it, but I try to piggyback off of that quickly because when you're like, oh, I'm not a, like politician like yeah and people hear politician and like yeah that sucks and, and i get totally get why like why it has such a negative like it should have a negative meaning based on you know how people you know in most cases rightfully feel about you know politicians but um the the thing is like it it, it shouldn't have to be that way right like there obviously are you know there's there's issues that and some issues might not you know might not i'm not saying everything's going to change tomorrow um, that some issues might not change in this way, but like, if we're just literally talking about representing, you know, a, a district, it shouldn't, that shouldn't be like a negative. It shouldn't be like, oh yeah, you know, you're selling out. It should be, uh, like that should, the people that should be the representatives sh should be the people that want to do that and should be the people that actually, you know, have a, you know, close connection, um, you know, with, uh, with those people. So, you know, I think if Paperboy were to get into Congress, it would just, it's not even about any of the policies really. I mean, that I would be about that too. But it would just be about so many people being like, oh, yeah, I can do this, too. If, you know, if, if, uh, if a rapper 
who wear, who has a Game Boy, uh, who wears a Game Boy all day, can get elected. I can do this. There's, there's nothing. I don't need to wear a suit for 30 years and work at a law firm and then work for five different campaigns and then work in a party organization and then have be donated to by you know Goldman Sachs and uh, the DNC or the RNC. I can just I can just do it. Right. That's I think would be so would be so huge. I can just go do it. And there's obviously yes. a lot of obstacles in the way, you know, and I said, you know, various efforts to sort of stack the, um, you know, to, to make it harder for people to get on the ballots by having these petition requirements and having these, you know, which which uh, which takes money in many cases to help uh, get done. And it certainly takes time and energy. And but that would just be it, it, it would sort of, they, you know, the people in power love to think of themselves as sort of higher than of the people they represent and that's you know certainly not the case and uh i think we would just provide the path for other people to say hey um i can do this too and that's you know that would really help us become more representative uh more actually representative and it would just be cool too it would be it would be awesome too i just laugh honestly if you were like you know if you're going toe to toe with all these you know like like in that room before with all these like stuffy old guys and suits and you're just like going toe to toe them that'd be awesome so there's that too. Which yes, fun. that would be great. Um, th- okay, last question is that, did you see Joe Biden the other day shaking hands with a ghost? Oh my goodness. I have nothing to say, but if you didn't jo- vote for Joe Biden, you're not black or white or Asian or Hispanic or anything else. You're not a person. If you didn't vote for Joe Biden, you're not a person. That's per Joe Biden. Listen, I'll, I'll admit to voting for Joe Biden. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> well, at least now you know you're black since you yeah, voted for Joe I'm Biden. I'm not black. Uh, I did not vote. I proudly did not vote for Joe Biden because that's. Oh, boy. <laughs> that was the phone dropping. Uh, that statement. Oh, Shit. my. God. <laughs> that was the phone dropping again. Goodness. Let me take out this charger that's. Um, <laughs> I did not vote for Joe Biden, but he's shaping up to be funnier than Trump. I did think that I was like, man, you know, Trump was really funny. Things you know, like looking guys, on the bright side, right? I was yeah. like, Trump was really funny. It was like, uh, and I was like, ah, Joe Biden he's, isn't he's as funny. funny. But he got too repetitive. You know what I'm saying? He got a little too much. Like when you're just hearing about him all the time it's like you know it started to lose. they over reported on it trump just got too much I was like, I it was like every day it was something again. about him it was like oh my goodness it made it like yeah whereas joe biden like the stuff he does is just like it's like seeing donald trump made me feel bad for america but but seeing Joe Biden as president makes me feel bad for America in a whole different type of See, way. Yeah, I disagree. I think it makes me feel bad for Joe Biden because like, it's, <laughs> it's just, you know, he's, you know, he's struggling there. It's just, uh, no, nah, they, like he just can't keep up with, uh, anyway. Joe Biden, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk down on Joe Biden. I'm gonna save that for often. All right. <laughs> Paper. Yeah. Listen, thank you so much, Doug, for joining us the podcast. Thank you so much to you all for listening and hanging out. Listen, I love you. You can do it. It's our time. 2022. It's going to be a big year. Uh, join the Discord. Get ready. We got some new projects coming, some new crypto, some new, some new NFT stuff, a lot, of, uh, a lot of dope stuff. So anyway, I got to go. 
I love you all so much. Again, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you soon. DM me. DM me or uh, message me. Ha, <laughs> paper, yeah. Thank you all so much. See y'all at the Love Gallery soon. Uh, all right. Uh, peace.